Now that a great number of people in the U.S. and Canada have been vaccinated against COVID-19, organizations find themselves at a defining moment. The choices they make regarding if, when, and how to bring their employees back to physical offices will have implications for how well they are able to work together to remain innovative and competitive. You're listening to Insights on Longwood's Healthcare Services Radio. Insights is produced and presented by Longwood's Publishing, providing better care through health services publishing, education, and recruitment. Coming up after the break, how innovative technology is paving the way for more patient-centric care. But first, Giovanni Salas on keeping it personal, in-person connection for effective knowledge sharing in a virtual world. The pandemic has forced many companies to operate virtually and pushed employers and employees to adapt rather quickly to working remotely. However, it is one thing to have to work virtually and another to work virtually by design. Over the last year and a half, we've had to rely on video conferencing systems to communicate and share information with coworkers, which might have tempted us to believe that everything can now be done virtually. However, this technology-centered approach will result in devaluing the knowledge and expertise that employees acquire by working face-to-face with each other. When people work together in person, they are invariably involved in constant observation and hence are able to adapt to thousands of unspoken rules and fundamental yet often indescribable actions that are unlikely, if not impossible, to be captured and transmitted by video conferencing programs. One of our most remarkable characteristics as human beings is our capacity for social cooperation. Anthropologists and evolutionary theorists argue that humans first began to dominate the planet by collaborating in unique ways for day-to-day survival, which in turn led to the creation of long-lasting cultural groups. In other words, Homo sapiens prevailed not because of their capacity to think and reason individually, but because of their ability to think socially and learn from and cooperate with others. This has shaped the way we communicate, learn, and live. Social interactions have historically been in person. As a result, humans have developed remarkable abilities to communicate not only through a shared language, but also through body movements, facial expressions, changes in tone of voice, silences, etc. Our brains have evolved to learn from and mirror the people around us. We hone our skills by observing, mimicking, practicing, and getting feedback from others. Thus, ultimately, we model our speech and behavior on the actions of others. Storytelling has been used for thousands of years by human societies as a way to introduce newcomers to their social rules. Good leaders know the power of a good story. Organizations, knowingly or unknowingly, rely on stories to share the culture and processes of their operations. Consider the wealth of information that is communicated through the stories being told by veteran employees. It is not only the content of the stories, but the way they are told with all the emotions and bodily gestures that accompany the retelling 
as well as the audience's reactions that matter. These are all incredibly data-rich components that we learn from. We live in a world of physical experiences in which the lived-in experience is always more impactful than what words can describe. Experiences cannot merely be rendered into words that are then shared virtually through online workspaces, because language, by itself, is a deficient conduit for the adequate communicability of know-how. Consider how something as simple as engaging in eye contact is not possible with the current computer cameras. The use of digital communication is helping many organizations survive the COVID-19 pandemic by facilitating working from home. However, let us not fall into a false sense of thinking that these forms of technologies can replace in-person learning and communication in our post-pandemic future. As the restrictions for social distancing start to ease off, we need to consider that knowledge creation and innovation require more than just technological solutions. They are personal, social, and cultural endeavors that require us to be with others in person. The key for organizations is going to be finding the right balance between working virtually and in person. Technology should support and not replace human-to-human interactions. Giovanni Salas, PhD, is a researcher in knowledge sharing and the acquisition of personal knowledge. And now, Jogi Saihoda on how innovative technology is paving the way for more patient-centric care. COVID-19 has had a profound impact on all aspects of our lives, as well as the broader health system we depend on. The pandemic presented a unique challenge in that as we tried to preserve the capacity of our health system, maintain our own physical health and the health and safety of others, our mental health declined. The impacts to our mental health are significant and not going away anytime soon. Languishing, the neglected middle child of mental health, is emerging as the dominant emotion of 2021. This feeling is the void between being depressed and flourishing, the absence of well-being. In essence, we are not functioning at full capacity. But who can blame us? Quarantine and isolation have kept Canadians away from the support of friends and family. Mixed and unclear messaging surrounding the pandemic has increased anxiety among them. The lack of predictability, increasing layoffs, and fluctuating lockdowns have also negatively impacted many business owners and working Canadians, adding to financial stress. Parents also faced new challenges as the pandemic disrupted daily lives. Women who tend to perform a larger share of parental tasks took on new roles as teachers for children who shifted to homeschooling or tutors for those doing virtual school for the first time. Working moms, in particular, were disproportionately affected as many faced the difficult decision to quit their jobs so that they could accommodate these new roles in the absence of any outside support, and on top of the demands of running their own homes. 
These issues, paired with an already stretched health system and overextended healthcare workers, have made managing the pandemic a complex balancing act. How do we tackle this virus while preventing other health priorities, such as our mental health, from falling through the cracks? If you find yourself worried or anxious about your health, the health of loved ones, finances, work, or your children's education, and more, you are not alone. According to Statistics Canada, since the onset of COVID-19, only 55% of Canadians reported having excellent or good mental health. This represents a 13% drop from the 2019 reports. With situations rapidly deteriorating for many, something has to be done immediately. Addressing multiple mental health challenges requires a multi-layered approach. Much as one would have a clinical team supporting their recovery from an injury or illness, we need to make mental health a priority as well. This means leveraging all resources and tools available to us as efficiently and effectively as possible. Technology enables access to support and interventions that address concerns across the mental health spectrum. From tools that help build resilience with relevant content and proven exercises to services that allow direct access to professionals during periods of crisis. As a virtual care service provider, TELUS Health is able to connect those in need of care and support where and when they need it the most while simultaneously easing the burden placed on hospitals and hospital emergency rooms. Virtual care can be tailored to help address patients' many mental health needs as we cannot take a one-size-fit-all approach. Created in collaboration with members of Canada's frontline and first responders and under the guidance of specially trained physicians, Esprit by TELUS Health is a virtual service that can be customized to help an organization provide access to mental health support for employees or members. The demand for virtual care grew rapidly following the onset of the pandemic. COVID-19 was the catalyst for change in a system where silos and barriers had traditionally limited the reach and capacity for virtual care. There are three important studies that help illustrate the same. Firstly, according to a May 2019 Canada Health InfoWay survey, only 4% of primary care visits in Canada were conducted virtually. This number now sits at 60%. Secondly, in February 2020, CMAJ reported that less than 25% of Canadian family physicians made themselves available by email, and only 4% provided video visits. By June 2020, virtual care represented more than 70% of ambulatory care provided by hospitals and doctor's offices. Lastly, a Canada Health InfoWay study from 2020 highlighted a number of key findings on virtual care, including a patient satisfaction rating of 89% and that on average each patient saved $100 based on parameters such as money saved from child care costs and taking time off work with a virtual visit. The study showed that over 75% of the virtual visits were covered by the provincial government. Last year, we witnessed 
the huge Canada-wide spike in interest and adoption of virtual health. To say that Canadians have embraced this trend since the onset of the pandemic is an understatement. In just over a year, TELUS Health has enabled millions of Canadians to access quality care from the safety of their homes through virtual means. As an organization that is rooted in social purpose, drives improved health experiences by supporting healthcare professionals and citizens, and takes care of the communities where Canadians live and work, the pandemic has presented TELUS Health with an incredible opportunity to help and we are only getting started. Chugi Saihota is the Vice President of Consumer Health at TELUS. For the full author credentials, text, and references of these insights, please visit us at longwoods.com insights. I'm Eric Hart. Thanks for listening.